Greetings, this is Dr. Brother Suave, mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, creator, and your divine social therapist and host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. Yes, I'm so excited about tonight, man. Listen, this is a wonderful, 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 swaptabulous day. Listen, I'm exhausted, but I'm bringing the energy. Um, got my little Red Bull because I've been on the road. I've been from Chicago to Indianapolis, uh, from Indianapolis to Kentucky, Kentucky all the way to Atlanta, and from Atlanta to Miami. And I'm back in Atlanta now. Been on the road for a while. So just want to share that, man. That's why you don't see me with my shirt and tie, my suit, my ascot, and everything. I just have on my Dr. Brother Swap shirt. So I'm still excited and getting this thing going. So tonight we're going to be talking about mentorship, maintaining relationships, regardless of the differences and because we can always learn something from someone and you notice every week i always talk about maintaining relationships because i believe in relationships i believe in maintaining uh, good friendships with people you love care and respect so tonight um i have a very special guest uh, this individual is my mentor he's a ride or die man he's always had my back regardless of what i've been through um, you can always count on him now i'm going to just share a little story about this individual so the individuals um I remember during a recession, I was had, had quite a, a lot of success, and um, and then things hit the fan, and I was um, losing everything, my business, um, my house, um, everything was going through some things personally, and um, and this is when I say humility, because you need to be hum humble for someone to help you, and I had to put pride down because my family, my children was more important than anything, and so. So I called the brother, reached out to him and told him what I was going through. Uh, the minute I told him what I need was the second he came and had my back. And it was very uh, an emotional time for me because I, I, I had no one. And so this brother just came, took me and my family to the store and got us anything and everything we wanted. Man. And so I truly appreciate him. He's always been there for me year in and year out. So uh, again, this person is accountability partner. He's wise, and um, what I say about him is, um, let me just make this point. When I first started uh, life coaching, it was about 1998, 99, and um, and I think I was about uh, four. It wasn't even 400 of us in the world uh, when it first started. But one of the things they, I believe, they were saying they want you to be 25 years old and have some experiences, and then of course you get with um, a lot of training then. But but the thing is. Uh, I just believe that in order for you to become a life coach, you need to have some experiences, some training, some education, some emotional intelligence, some compassion and understanding. 
And so as far as I'm concerned, all life coaches need to have a life coach. And that's what I think that a life coach should have in order to become one. So again, this person um, has always been there for me. Um, so I'm just going to just touch base with him about all he's done for me. And just give it a little background. So tonight, uh, he's my mentor. He's my ace in the hole. He's my ride and die. No matter what I go through, he's always been there for me. He's a 100% accountability partner. Um, he's insightful. He's brilliant. He's a resident of Stone Mountain, Georgia, but he was raised in the Boogie Down Bronx, as he will always say. He has influenced many in his, in his life's journeys towards success. Um, this brother has a bachelor's in mass communication. He's been doing radio for like 40-something years, man. He's on point. He's a motivational speaker, radio host, author, poet, martial artist, musician, community activist. He hosts a weekly uh, radio show called Wally's Wisdom. W-K-Y-T, and we're going to let him explain that later. Um, so be sure to, to subscribe, share, and, and tell every all your friends, man. So this person is my mentor. This brother is no other than Wallace Motivator Durham, a.k.a. Brother Wally. How you doing, Brother Suave? Fantastic. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing suave-tastic. <laughs> yes, man. A little tired to hear it in my voice, but, man, I am blessed to have you on. It's been waiting for this um, moment for a while. Last time I think we was shared the um, Broadway was uh, had to be 15 years ago. But nevertheless, we're together to get today, and I'm happy, man. I pause. I'm just a little tired, man. I've been on this road. Let me tell you. Brother Wally, I've been on this road. As I was telling people in the opening, I've been on the road. I'm exhausted. And so hope everyone bears with me. Um, got my little um, Red Bull. So listen, before we get in start, just tell everybody just a little bit about yourself. Because um, I, I want people, again, this is going to be a mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening experience. So I just want everybody to hear you. Well, my brother, first of all, thank you for that introduction the accolades, the, the way you presented me knowing you. Uh, yeah, 15 years ago when we met at uh, Soul Factory, that was a beautiful experience to see you at the time as a single father doing what you did with your son. Uh, me growing up in the Boogie Down Bronx, I'm a Georgia native, born in Grady Hospital, right? Oh, really? Class of 1958. So in 1963, <laughs> my mother made the pilgrimage to New York with my sister during the turbulent 60s, you know, the bull kind of the dogs, she wanted a better life for her children. So I spent 27 years in the Bronx. Okay. I've been back here now 32 years. What's my point? Out of all the experiences I've seen and all the things you've said about me being a martial artist, motivational speaker, um, you know, a person who reads, I'm an author. Uh, I'm working on my second book, my autobiography. A lot of things that the Bronx teaches you as well as Georgia, and you know, being a husband now going into 40 years being with Adele, I've learned a lot about myself, but transparency and the word you use, accountability, the only thing accountability means is the ability to be accountable. Like responsibility is the ability to be responsible, right? Yes. In the pros, they said the best ability in pro sports is availability. So as a brother, to be able to be in the corner for you and other brothers and sisters that I've helped, I'm a product of being helped by my elders. You see, when I yeah. was younger, I would listen to the older guys in the Boogie Down Bronx in the 70s when we thought everything we knew about disco was the new thing. They was telling us about the 40s and the 50s 
and the zoot suits, how we yeah. should pay attention to that this music you think that's cool, mm-hmm. that's music that's now exploiting you. We didn't believe that. We love disco. We love thinking that was cool. But they yeah. said, no, listen to this. Go put on some Miles Davis. Go put uh-huh. on some John Coltrane. So now we're able to say, wow, that made sense. So now as an elder myself, 64 years on the planet, when I tell young people to listen to the music they're listening to or the mm-hmm. things they're watching on TV, it's a privilege for me to be able to know I learned this way. Let me be able to tell young people, maybe take time to go out. Like you said, my call letters WKYT. While he keeps you thinking, don't agree with me. Just think about what I told you. Go apply it if it does mean something to you. Come back and let's have a conversation. Wow. I'm telling you, we just got started. I'm telling you. <laughs> We're going to be setting off. So um, listen, Brother Wally. So, um, okay, I don't even know what happened. But um, brother, can you hear me? Well, anyway, um, again, like I said, we just getting started. Um, Brother Wally is going to be setting it off. Um, again, as he talked about elders, you know, again, we're the elders now. We have to make sure that um, we there for others. Um, there you go. We're back. And so, again, as I was saying, you know, when people are blessing us, we take that information and bless others. And this is how it has to be. So he said he learned from um, his elders. And I'm learning now that I'm an elder. Um, I have to sow into the lives of my youth. How you doing, Nancy? How you doing? Thank you for uh, showing up. Good evening. So, so as you said, when you you, you was originally um, born and raised um, in Georgia, then you went to New York, and you gotten to lo- learn a lot of life experiences. So, how did you? Um, I just want to ask this because a lot of times people are trying to find themselves. So, how did you find your voice? Well, finding my voice was a culmination of, and I tell people being transparent, one of the things you're going to learn about me, I'm very transparent. I had bully syndrome growing up in the Bronx. If anybody saw the West Side Story movie, the new one or the old one, uh, I grew up in the Spanish part of the Bronx. So the Puerto Ricans used to bully me all the time. So I used to find ways to run home and duck and dodge out of getting beat up and chased and all of that. Once I realized that I was no longer a coward, somewhere around 12, 13 years old, I learned how to fight back. By the time I took up the martial arts at 15, 49 years ago, I realized I became pretty pretty good at it, but I also learned that I didn't like to see other people bullied. So my voice became a product of an altruistic spirit, the selfless regard for others. I wanted to see that nobody else went through what I went through. So when I would speak to people, bully syndrome helped me not watch anybody else get bullied in the corporate world, in the streets, in relationships. So finding my voice was, wow, when I went to college, I got on a radio station. I was on a black mm-hmm. student union. So I was taking knowledge of myself as a black man combined with radio and athletics and the martial arts. Mm-hmm. It helped me know you could do something with this because a lot of people, like you said, 1998, there was only 400 life coaches. There wasn't a lot of people I saw as people who felt like me. So by the time I under and understood motivational speaking, through Les Brown in 92, it gave me a better insight. This is something I think I could do. So I upped my radio station game. I upped my MC in game. I upped my personal appearances in communities game and realized you have something that you can give people. Then, of course, by the time we met at the Soul Factory, I was already like 15 years into what I felt 
I could be what I am today. Okay. So when you were saying about bullying and you got into martial arts, because um, I know that you're a martial art, a martial artist and discipline. So tell us a little bit between the two and how they relate. Well, martial arts is 75% mental. A lot, mm. a lot of people think that's cliche. The greatest martial art technique is being able not to use it. It's like I tell people, one of the things we see with gang violence out there, God be quick yeah. to pull a gun and shoot somebody. But mm -hmm. can you pull restraint? I've learned restraint more in the mm -hmm. martial arts than application of it. Like I said, I've been in 49 years deep. I've had my yeah. scraps. I've had to use my martial art to defend myself. Mm -hmm. But I take more pride into not being able to use it because it's a weapon that can destroy. But I yes. use it to build. I build with my martial art. I don't destroy. So now mm -hmm. combining that with motivational speaking and discipline, in Toastmasters, when I was training people on how to speak in front of the public, mm -hmm. open dialogue, I said, you got to have a discipline and tell a story. You know, don't give a speech. Live your speech. I was known by this moniker. Don't give your speech. Live your speech. Okay, you have yes. a story inside of you. Everybody listening tonight, I'm sure they have a story. If they was to really tell it and be honest, mm -hmm. they can not only make money, but people will want to hear more. So the discipline and being transparent and creative to a degree to present your story is what makes you a great speaker, a teacher, and more of a listener. So I learned more by listening, being quiet, sitting, observing, then I was able to apply how that meant something in my life to teach somebody else how could it mean something in theirs. Great point, um, Nancy was saying, and I agree with you because you know both of us are martial artists and I realized that over all the years of practicing martial artists, we have so much discipline because we know what kind of damage we can do, you know, uh, how much damage. And also we understand the legal ramifications of hurting someone. So therefore we remember we were talking about emotional intelligence. We have to know and how to be able to have some level of self-restraint, self-control, because we can really hurt people. Other people, they can um, afford to hit someone because they just going to get a battery charge. We may get attempted murder, you know, because, you know, being registered, um, our hands, you know, we, we're weapons. And so um, it takes a lot of uh, discipline when it comes to being a martial artist. So I agree, you know, because, you know, again, it's like what do you say? Um, motivation is nothing without discipline. You can be motivated, but if you don't have the discipline to follow through, you just motivate it. But you're not going to do discipline takes you to places you can never go without it. Can I say something about that, Suave? When yeah. I talk to people and I tell them one of the arts that takes Sanukas rule by the late, mm -hmm. great Moses Powell, right? So people yeah, say, yeah, I used to take Yeah, yeah. I, I, Moses Powell, people look him up, Sanukas rule, S-A-N-U-C-E-S. Mm -hmm. When I hear people say, oh, I used to take karate, or your eyes to practice, I say, you really didn't. They say, what are you <laughs> talking about? I said, you did the physical part of martial art, because once you take it, you could never undo the martial art. It's a lifestyle. You don't learn. That's like you saying, I got a PhD. You're a doctor, Suave. You can never not say you're a doctor unless you throw it in the garbage. You're still a doctor. If you take that degree off your wall, you still know to practice. So if you're yes. a true martial artist, you're a martial artist for life. It's like a father. Life. If you're a true father, I have children and who are adults now and grandchildren. Once you become a father and you're practicing, you don't stop being a father. Now, if you're some wayward guy and you don't take care of your children, you're a daddy. You're a sperm donor. 
you're not a father. You're not raising your children. You just provided life. Yes. They'll learn that discipline from somebody else, maybe a stepdaddy. So I'm going there because people I hear go, oh, I used to take karate. I said, oh, the physical part. You never learned the discipline, the martial art of it, to learn the spirit of being who you yes. should be, which increases your mind, your body, and your spirit. It's funny that you say that because so many people take take martial art um, from a well, maybe when they're five, six, seven, eight, and that's it. And they and they'll be like 40, 50 years. Oh, I used to I used to take martial arts. It's just so funny when I hear that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Here's anyway. what I tell people when they come to me and say, Can you teach me the martial art? I say, You want to learn how to fight and punch and kick? Yeah. I said, you mm -hmm. need to go to UFC school. I'm going to teach you how to get a discipline of yourself. Uh, yeah. The great Bruce Lee said, martial art is the greatest expression of oneself. Mm -hmm. So if you need me to help you express yourself, we could train because I'm going to help you learn. You may not need to know karate. You may be better at kung fu or tai yes. chi or wrestling. Your spirit will dictate the martial art you should learn. So it's a lot of tenets in it, like you became a doctor of clinical psychology because you're good at what you do. Now, somebody else may say, well, do you know anything about biology or trigonometry or auto mechanics? You go, mm -hmm. yeah, but I didn't go to school for that. So you have to be disciplined in enough things to listen to what your spirit is telling you. And I yes. think what happened, Dr. Brother Suave, a lot of people have been disconnected from their spirit. They don't listen to their inner voice they listen to the outside world directing them what to do. Yes, yes. I want to just um, give a special shout out to Van Lis Lee. He was um, saying, um, Bruce Lee's talking about the art of fighting without hard fighting. Yes. Yes, yes. Great point. Always not using your martial art. If you could walk away, that's when you become a master. People say, what's your rank? Black belt, have you beat up here? I said, you know what's funny? <laughs> when you get your black belt, you just start learning martial art. That's the beginning. Yes. Now, Learning how not to use the martial art is when you become a master, not applying it. People would think, how many people can you beat up? People always ask me, you think this one can beat that one? I said, you mean beat like a slave? True masters don't fight. We don't yes. engage in combat. We can give demonstrations, but yes. we don't fight each other because we know it means to the death. So we walk away from conflict. That's yes. when you become a master. Nobody should never know what you know. When that you expose what you know, discipline. it's a discipline to not use it. Like, God forbid anybody who drives around in their car with their gun. I have nothing to do with it. But you don't have to go around telling people, you know, I got my gun in my car, right? Why are you yeah. telling somebody that? Hopefully they never have to know that. Mm -hmm. Right? The best thing to do is not to be able to shoot anybody for you people out there who forgot how to use your hands, oh, who have to use God, your gun. Yes. Nancy said that's definitely true. Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you, Nancy. Yes. So, so let's um again, you guys. I just want to talk because we're we're gonna have so many topics tonight. Only because I want you. There's so many layers to this, brother, and so I just want to just randomly come up with some things. So I just because I want you guys to hear over, and it's been um 16 years. Yeah, well, we met in 2006, was it? Yeah, so it's been 16 years, something like that. Yeah, 16 years. And, so yeah. and so over the years, man, you know, me and him talked about so many things. So just so many different things we're going to talk about. So I'm just going to throw something at him because, again, he's very wise. He has a lot of insight. 
and I just love his perspectives in life. So, um, so, so again, thank you for visiting me last week too. Appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, oh yes. I appreciate that. Um, but anyway, um, and again, I'm always talking about relationships, relationships, not just with man and woman, but this relationships in general, because I think all relationships are based on integrity and honesty. So, um, because again, you can forgive someone, but sometimes when you break the trust, it, it makes it very difficult. So I just wanted to talk to um, you and just share your opinion about relationships and honesty, because I believe in honesty, you know, being transparent about things like you'll say. Well, that's a pretty double-edged sword. Yeah, if you're is. open and transparent to another brother and you're establishing a brother relationship and mm. you've shared things with your family with this brother, you've broke bread with this brother, you've offered him assistance and he may have offered you if this brother for example had an agenda behind him being nice to you was to try to groom you so he could use you you have to be wise and have discernment to be careful of a person like that now he could be taking something to the street you see part of the boogie down bronx that helped me be able mm -hmm. to do is read people i read a yeah. lot of books at least three yes. a month right I'm better at reading people because I'm very open like a book, but I got to be careful. And I've shared some stories with you, names not mentioned on your show of people I had to cut off because yeah. I found out what their agenda was long term. Yeah. So rather than have to continue to check this person and remind them of what they did with receipts, I would show somebody what they did and they go, well, look, I didn't mean that. I said, but explain it. So by the time you and that person don't engage in healthy male to male, male to female conversation about your life purpose and agenda, those relationships can become severed. And what mm -hmm. happens with us, especially in the black community, we're quick to incite emotion rather than talk about discernment. Wait, is it worth approaching this situation violently? Is it worth yelling at this person? Is it worth cutting them off? Or can I build them up to maybe let them see the error of their way so now mm -hmm. we can move forward? That's the challenge for us because mm -hmm. a lot of us haven't been taught how to do that. We only were taught how to take it to the street. Okay. Listen, um, right quick, we're going to go on into a quick um, station identification. Sure. And we'll be right back. Okay. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach, here to tell you that I'm on NPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it.
And we're back. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, while we was doing our station identifications, as you see, my energy has changed. I um, yeah. I just did something. <laughs> I just do when I'm driving along, just like I've been driving all the time. I pinch myself. You know, when you pinch yourself, it hurts so bad. <laughs> and it woke me up. So I just wanted to share that. And um, so I just had to do that. But anyway, listen. When you were saying about sometimes people have an agenda, you know what? And and um and we have to start really tapping into our discernment. I'm pretty um good with that, but sometimes you know, um, when you love someone, you care, and you you have an agenda. Your agenda is to empower people, you know. And um again, um telling stories without sharing um names, you know, you know, you know me. I would do anything for anybody, and sometimes you know when. You share and try to develop, and um, people they 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 somewhat think the the information that you share with them. Now they think they have mastered this, and you've seen how they've grown, but you still see they need a lot more development. And so when they start not to not necessarily acknowledge you, but acknowledge you when you're having a dialogue with them and saying, "Hey, listen, you've got a little more things because I just tested you on something and you felt miserable." However. Just stay humble and continue to learn. And um, it's almost like that boxer who think they're ready for the world and ready for that fight. And the trainer saying, <laughs> and they say, put me in, put me in the game, coach. You're not ready. And next thing you know, he forces them, put them in. And the coach is just trying to teach them a lesson. And then they fail miserably. And that it makes me, you made me think about some of the people who I sold in the life, sold into their life, developing them. And we thought they was ready, but really they wasn't. And you see how they fail. Because they don't have the humility. They learn the little things and they don't want to finish the training, so to speak. They're just anxious about being on the platform and they're really not ready. And so, um, and again, learn the area of your ways is imperative. Well, you and I have that in common as far as people who we've sown into. And you've told me stories, again, people we don't need to mention because I always figure if the person's not here to defend themselves, we could speak generically. But yes, you, generic. I've heard of people that I know that you know that didn't respect you anymore from where we came from. And mm -hmm. those people took the jewels that you laid on them and yes. tried to use them against you as if you never taught them anything. And I'm <laughs> saying to myself, not why did they do that? What was the reason they did it and didn't think you would see it? That's yeah. the funny part. How yeah. did you think you wouldn't see what they're doing? Yeah, it's a funny thing when we talk about that. You know how people will learn so much from you in private and won't give you any type of recognition. Because, you know, we don't mind that information because we want people to be empowered. At least right. show respect and, 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 and say, hey, listen, that's why people get sued because people steal the material. And so I think, as, as you know, I'm always going to acknowledge you. I'm going to acknowledge, like, for example, you got a, a very dear friend. I'm just going to mention his name because... I think about how my life was significantly uh, could have been changed to the worst as it as if it wasn't for him. And he's um his name is JD. His brother, man, when I when I left and went back to Miami for a little while, somehow I had a warrant in Georgia. Mm. Didn't know anything about it because it was a it was a ticket that they gave me gave the wrong car. You remember um I had an M, a ML. You remember they yeah. gray ones, silver ones. So I had one, and, but you saw a lot. So the silver one was going the same way I was going. And tell me he arrested me. I mean, not arrested me, he stopped me and gave me the ticket. And I said, brother, is the car right there? If you just take two seconds and look, you will see that's just the car right there. It's the same one, it's mine. 
but he wouldn't. So I went to the chief. I knew the chief. Chief told him to disregard the ticket. He didn't do it. So he put it in there and I got a warrant. So when I got to Miami, because uh, I couldn't practice, I had to do my background check and everything. So I, I know the process. I'm like, what's taking so long? So when they asked me to go in there, you know, it was crazy because I knew what was going on. But anyway, make a long story short, J.D. intervened. Um, he was head of warrants at the time. You know, I, I wouldn't do anything wrong and stuff like that. But he, he had my back and I just appreciate him. And there's a lot of people we have to start acknowledging um, publicly, not just privately. And I know there's a lot of unsung heroes out there that don't want the recognition, but let them tell us they don't want it. Right. We need to edify people who, who were instrumental in our lives. And, um, and they're not asking for credit, but we need to start acknowledging people. We just let people doing a post and not recognizing someone else. Just recognize people. But you see, they, they're, they're stating information um, privately and then try to promote it publicly like it's theirs and not having no respect for the people who develop them. So we, we're going to not drag that on. And so I wanted to um, talk to you about some of the things we often talk about. As we see in society, a lot of people uh, have a lot of problems. And when they get in crisis, their mental health issues come out. Right. Um, a lot of times people don't know it because they don't know the signs and symptoms and the criteria that fits a particular diagnosis. So over the years of you developing people, seeing people working with people and seeing people in family, uh, how how um, important you think mental health awareness is? Oh, that's 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 real deep, brother. I appreciate you bringing that up. I minored in psychology in school. Mass communication was my go to, but psychology was my minor. Once I start understanding how the mind works, the id, the ego, the superego, the superconscious, the subconscious, it start helping me know that people around you, when you think about world mm -hmm. events, this world, if you're not careful, trauma can make you the term we call crazy. If you think about it, sometimes you have to be a little crazy to exist in the world that is. The world by nature is very peaceful. It's a universal order. But man, in his infinite wisdom, he thinks to play mm -hmm. God or a higher power makes up systems that aren't congruent into people's natural harmony with this world as a baby coming up. So now you get a person who gets into the world, go to school, get an education, white pick and fence children, retire, 40 years of work, you get to watch and you go off into the sunset. That's a plan, but you got 10,000 people a year in one state trying to do it, graduating from college. There's not enough supply for the demand. So now when a person's now dealing with their inner demons, whatever they may be from a child up, now couple that with something as an adult that's additional trauma with their childhood trauma, you get the effects of this person's behavior. So it's easy to label them crazy. Oh, that person's crazy, but wait, Aren't we all to a degree? You could be a multimillionaire. Guess what? You're probably a little crazy. You got a mental health issue with money. And remember what I shared with you before, Swab? You could count on one hand how many homeless people. It could be a mental issue they have. We fed the homeless. Samaritan's yes. choice. Count on one hand how many homeless people committed suicide. You probably can't. Uh -huh. They probably died in the weather, inclement weather, or got hit by a car. They didn't commit suicide. You could count on this and some toes, multimillionaires who committed suicide because of their mind of what they did through their life. They probably didn't like to get to the top. 
So mm. mental health in and of itself, if we don't talk about it and have people know to go to professionals like yourself or others to be able to talk and decipher what is wrong with them, they will live with that disease, that illness, and it'll never get resolved. Now that person not only may kill themselves, but they may take some people with them. You've heard the stories of mass shooters going somewhere in a mall, killing people, then they yeah. kill themselves. They mm -hmm. figured since y'all didn't help me, y'all gotta go too. So mental yeah. health in the communities, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, it doesn't matter, Jew, mental health issues, if not discussed, you're gonna see the error of those ways yeah. that allow to fester in those families. Yes, absolutely. Because one thing about mental health or physical health, when going unaddressed, it progressively gets worse. And the thing is about mental health is that a lot of people don't know. And instead of them seeking help, they tend to just like, I'm okay now. But the thing is, when you don't address it, it progressively gets worse. It's just like a person having a stomach ache and they know they didn't eat anything. And they say, okay, well, the pain is gone. So they're not feeling the pain anymore. And then it happens every month. Instead of going a simple go get it checked out and get a diagnosis or get evaluation, find out exactly what it is, it's going to progress and get worse. Next thing you know, um, five months later, they got stage four cancer. But if they would address it when it first happened, just a simple checkup, especially when people have insurance, just get it checked out. But when it comes to mental health, when they start doing things that's um, um, hurting their families or having conflict with family members or work or constantly losing job or seeing all the conflict that they have with other people, uh, um, having these weird thoughts, these unreasonable thoughts, the illogical thoughts, and the next thing you know, when a crisis come, then a lot of times is is it has really gotten to a point that is just terrible, and not really terrible, but again, they didn't address it, and so it progressively get worse. So I think all of us don't even understand. Like I'm going to use a, a an example of PTSD. One of the things about PTSD is that people always say, "Oh, you got PTSD." As far as I'm concerned, it's not one person has that doesn't have PTSD or right. haven't experienced trauma. And so a lot of times with people, when I just ask people, do they have PTSD or have been diagnosed? They say, no, no, not me. And then the first thing I ask them, have they ever been in a car accident? And they say, yes. I said, was that traumatic for you? They said, yes. Was it? How long ago it was? They tell me. I say, post-traumatic. I said, see, how did you feel when you started back driving? And they told me of hypervision, they was afraid. I said, see, it doesn't mean you crazy it doesn't mean it just it means there is a diagnosis that because people are um, they demonize um mental health and we don't understand mental health is education just like trauma is education learning about this stuff is education so just like a person can be angry they could be depressed these are all mental health remember it's the physical health and the mental health and sometimes we got to start understanding it's just education we're learning and we got to stop demonizing it now so, watch this while to stay right on that. I know you wanted to move forward. You know, in the black community for people who don't have insurance, you know, a lot of people can't afford the doctor visits or whatever it takes if they don't have the insurance to cover the mental health ongoing treatment. So some black men and women who don't go to the doctor anyway, some people to live with a condition in their shoulder, their knee, their stomach, their back, because they're mm -hmm. afraid of the outcome. You know how a person would feel if they're told you have a past trauma from eight years old and you 48. That means they've been living with a trauma for 40 years. Now they got to correct it. That person don't want to get medicated. They don't want to get treated. 
They don't want to yeah. go away and live on a camp to get better. So the stigma is more than just, I don't want treatment. It's like, what do I find out when I realize that I did have this for this many years, I got to fix it. They'd rather live with the condition till they expire and pass it on to other people. And it festers, it's a generational curse amongst our people that we do have to address. Yes, you know, just like AIDS. Mm. I mean, AIDS, cancer. See, that's the thing. When you go address something, remember I say mental health or physical health, going unaddressed, it gets progressively worse. So we have to realize you, you have AIDS, you go check it out, you get prescription, get physical, the next thing, your whole life changed, and now you're okay, you can live with it. Remember when it first came out, we heard about it in what, 87? They didn't have a necessary no, name. No, it was like 83, really. Uh, uh, okay. I, I remember doing that, but nevertheless, um, but again, if you don't address it, it progressively gets worse. So it's best that you, if you if you have any ailment, to address it early, so therefore you can um, prevent it from getting worse. Right. And so I really, really uh, appreciate it. So when you was talking about the mental health, oh, that's Nancy, great topic. Hey, thank you. So thank when you, Nancy. I, I was listening to you talking about mental health awareness and everything, but it did sound um, uh, slavery is almost post-traumatic. Absolutely, Vanless. PTSD, post-traumatic slavery disorder. Yes, that was um Dr. Joy. Well, she's not Dr. Joy Leary now. She but, grew. Joy DeGrew. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you know she stays over. She, well, she stayed over there in Stone Mountain by us. Well, yeah. Back. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, so anyway, so some of the things I was listening to, some of the words that were standing out to me, and um, a lot of people are really not uh, educated or have an understanding of this particular um, topic. But I, I was listening to you, and some of the words came out, and it sounded like a little about metaphysics, and so. Mm. And so I was listening to you, and it sounds something like metaphysics. And so I wanted to know um, you to talk about metaphysics um, versus spirituality or, or or religion, so to speak, because a lot wow. of times people Go ahead. they don't have a clear understanding how we all can coexist and have a understanding that so many things are connected. And I noticed that it's like tribes, you know, don't realize everybody's human beings. But then they fight against each other, but don't realize they all connect in some form of fashion. So I wanted you to hear your opinion about metaphysics versus religion. Well, the people who don't really understand metaphysics, it's outside of the physical. So Absolutely. when you're dealing in metaphysics, you're dealing with another level of experience. Mm -hmm. First of all, you got to be connected. So people say, how do you practice metaphysics? OK. And because people can be taught religion and people understand do your etymology get an etymology dick religion means to bind religio means to bind meaning mm. you're connected to this through education so you're taught about your deity you name your deity i don't want to insult anybody's yes. religion but when you're dealing in metaphysics you're dealing outside of what man is telling you it is for example i'm connected to my ancestors metaphysically I channel them. People know what channeling means. I go into a spiritual place knowing that in reality, because I'm not a test tube baby, I have a great, great grandfather that I never met, but I channel his energy because any deity out there that happens to have been a man 2000 years ago, you name your religion, is not gonna be greater than my great grandfather. 
where do you think the word great comes from? So to mm -hmm. channel the king, he probably was. Let's go back eight generations. Great, 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 great grandfather. I don't know who that person was. So metaphysically, that person was great to me in spirit to mm -hmm. be able to harness the energy that comes through me in the physical. So I use that as one of my tenants to rise above problems. When you're dealing with the sun, moon, stars, wind, water, and all of that, that may be physical, but in the universal order, it's governed by us not messing with it. Let's not create heart technology. Let's not mm. do weather machines. Let's not play with people. So metaphysics allows the natural order of the universe for you to be experiencing it without trying. They say, if you hear a woman say this, I'm looking for love. You'll never find it because it's not a place. It's yes. an experience. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you could say one thing about metaphysics, it's not physical. Yes. And it's a journey. It's not a destination. I'm still on a metaphysical path. You're on a metaphysical path. You're going to be in 10 years in your 60s. I'm going to be in 10 years in my 70s. So that physical path is going to happen between now and then is the energy we put into the universe to make that happen. You know, I'm 64 years old now. When I was 8, 9, 10, 15, 22, I saw myself being 60s plus. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I made it happen in my mind first. That's metaphysical. Rather than you going, I can't wait to be an adult. These children want to grow up. It's going to happen. But you got to be in a mindset to see it happening before it happens. It's called neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Look it up, yes. people. It'll help yes. you be better. Yes, I'm glad you said that because um, that's one of the things they use when it comes to life coaching. And um, and so when I try to send people that, I send them there because this is that particular modality that we use in our particular life coaching training program. And so, um, and again, when we understand the study of um, mental and spiritual laws and metaphysics, and we have to understand things are way beyond the physical. And, um, and so when we understand these, these beliefs of religion and philosophy, you know, understanding our intuition, our reason and our faith, um, a lot of times people don't understand. They just, and I, I was thinking about how so many things connected and I didn't know, but I started learning and realizing is so many things are connected. It was, um, like the number, the mystical number seven. You know how some people were not interested in numbers? I'm born on the seventh. Yes. And so a lot of times people don't even understand. So um, like Vanless is saying, having a human experience, absolutely. So um, are you familiar with the the, the, the the mystical number seven, like um, seven days a week? Yes. Uh, the seven um, distinct colors. Let me think what else. Um, yeah. It took seven days to create the world. Um, but the number nine is the most complete number. Nine. Okay. Okay. Did you know why? No. Nine times say. itself plus itself is itself. If you do nine times nine, it's 81. Eight and one is nine. Do your nines table and add the numbers. It's nine. Any number of nine, nine times three, 27, two and seven is nine. It's hmm. not an accident. No other number you could do that. With. Yes. But. I'm glad you said it. I didn't know that part, but when I started learning about metaphysics, I realized there were so many things connected. And, you know, when people like the numerology, they say, I don't want to believe in that, but then they don't believe in this. But everything was connected. And, I, you know, the stars, chakra, and so many different things I've learned. I'm like, wow. And it's crazy how we fight against each other, but not realizing all of us connected in some form or fashion. 
This book here, can you see that book? Oh, yes. It's called Think on These Things by J. Krishnamurti. I read okay. this book in 1981. He's a great philosopher, mm -hmm. J. Krishnamurti. He says in that book, and he talks about religion and God through a series of teachings. I don't want to really get off in the book, but in that book, he says things about you're looking. For, let me make it simple. Remember the movie, The Last Dragon, if you remember it? Yes, what was he looking right. for through the whole movie? Some dumb boy, remember? He was looking for the master? Yes, the master. And then at the end of the movie, he found out the master was who? Himself. The reason I'm using that analogously, when I read this book amongst others, because I got a plethora of books I read, like I said, I read three a month. I try to tell people, yeah, chocolates, yeah. We have seven chocolates from physical and spiritual, heart chocolate, the whole nine. You start to know that your mind is your greatest. The computer is built on the human mind. That's why it has memory. That's why it has things we save. That's why you could delete and say, your mind is your number one computer. So when the spirit and the mind and the body connect, you could start to analyze situations before they come into actual physical contact. People say pray. You are praying internally first, not mm -hmm. externally. People pray out. Yeah. Have you prayed in? Oh, the God you ask for, they say, oh, my God. You're really saying, oh, me, God. Now, I may lose some people when I say that. But God is an experience. It's not out there. It's a love. It's an experience. It's a feeling. It's really hard to describe. So when people say, oh, God, when you see God, you're going to die and all of these whatever they learned in religion. I just listen because it's not up to me to tell somebody what their experience is. Their experience may need to be religious. They need to go sit in a pew with a guy in the front of the room telling them what to do. Mine is open to the universe to guide me because those prophets you read about, before they became prophets, they had an experience with a higher power, whatever it was then and beyond 2,000 okay. years ago. The, the, the universe is so old before the book was written. So when I okay. tell people, just have an experience that includes love, whatever that is to you, you start to be able to open up to other things that transcends what another man told you. And I always tell you this, Wav, the last thing I want is a convert. We're going to follow Brother Wally. I said, no, W-K-Y-T means Wally keeps you thinking. Think. I don't care if you believe me or not. Just think about it. Then okay. go on and do what you're going to do. Um, can we hold that point right there? Because we have to do another station. I did. Yes, sir. Okay. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandy, the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach. Here to tell you that I'm on NPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it.
Listen, um, before we go back into um, we talk about love and how it transits, I want to share with everybody um, having a birthday, not only me, but um, um, the um, success architect, him and his queen, all of us was born on the same day. Um, our birthday is Friday, and um, it's just a coincidence, man. It's just again, we're talking about how all of us are connected in some form or fashion. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, that um, Dr. Brother Suave turns a certain age um, on Friday, same as the uh, success architect and his queen. So um, we wish I'm not going to tell your age. I was going to mention your birthday too, but. I'll, I'll leave that alone. You're doing. You're wearing it well too, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, as we understand that love transcends all, um, I wanted to um, just transition into um, something else. Um, and this is um, when should you know when to start up and when to let go. I wanted to, because sometimes we can start up in terms of our life, our goals, our dreams, but also it could be in, into relationships as well. So I, I just like to throw little things out there because, again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to throw different topics because there's just so many mm -hmm. things I, I wanted you guys to see um, <laughs> who this brilliant person is and as how they've been instrumental in my life. You know. Well, let, let me say this. You're in this beautiful podcast, and I'm proud of you, man. I happen to be show number nine, going back to that metaphysical number. I'm show number nine. I've watched each one of your shows in progression. I've heard you speak publicly. I've seen you start a new road from when you were transparent and talked about after the recession how you got hit. I saw your potential. And when you tell people I told him what I'm going through, you told me without telling me. You just had me come to your home and I saw the experience of you in strength when you was at a low point. And I said, no, this man is not even really pouring out his soul. He's doing what he got to do at this moment in life. I got to get his back. Now, I had to start that as a brother. I wasn't thinking about 16 years later, we having a podcast about it. Me being your ride or die brother. I did that because that's who I am. I never stopped that. So some yeah. people who need to start something... Start thinking about your brothers who are in the corner who has a like-minded with you, your sisters who have a like-minded with you. At business, I used to have something called stop, starting, continue. What do we want to stop mm -hmm. doing to get better? What do we want to start doing to build this business? What do mm -hmm. we want to continue doing so that our customers can appreciate what we're doing? And if you could learn the techniques when to do that, when to stop something, when to start something, and when to continue. Some things you can just leave alone. It's working. But it's a technique and you may need coaching people like yourself, people like me, people like in your family, griots and elders to be able to tell you, hey, listen, let me pull your coat to be able to get you better at what you're trying to do. So I think that's how we will learn what to stop doing drugs, alcohol, what to start doing exercises and all of that to lose weight or gain weight and what mm -hmm. to continue doing being a wholesome person in the community so the rest of the community can follow suit and we all can get along. Yes. Absolutely, man. Yeah, because again, some things we got to learn at the start. I always say potential without initiative is not but a conversation with yourself and others and doing absolutely nothing. And also, you got to learn when to let go. 
Because some mm. people are toxic for you. They're not, they're not good for your energy. They're not um, people you need to even have around you because they're counterproductive. Look at Nancy. Um, fire. You, I, she got fire up there, right? Yes, she's fire, man. Let me tell you, been knowing her all my life. We um same age, finished the same year, went to the same elementaries, man. Hadn't seen her in about 35 years or so. And, and you see then, the relationship you kept with her? See what yeah. you continued? That's that term again. You but, continued. She's not toxic for you. No, she's a great, brilliant person, man. Did a great job raising her son. I, I called her maybe a month ago and just randomly told her, I I have so much respect for her and the great job she'd done for her son, man. Her son is a brilliant. I mean, she's a, a great grandmother, a, a, a great mother. I mean, her son is incredible. Um, um, beautiful heart, beautiful soul, married uh, to a surgeon, beautiful um, father. You know, it just... You know, again, I, I I just have to recognize these people, man, because there's so many. You know, people always say it's not good people. Well, I don't put emphasis what is not good. I put emphasis that what is great, you know. And so I just want to give um, Nancy, thank you for showing up. Um, I also have I found out I, I had a cousin who's on um, Loidia. Her birthday is um, same month mine. She's an Aries as well. So we're gonna give her a shout out. Um, um, Lolita, um, happy birthday, early happy birthday. So listen, let me ask you something. Um, I want to ask you something because one of the things I've learned um, through my financial hardships of doing so well, you know, six figures every year and just happened to lose everything. And, um, and I realized um, it wasn't the money. It was how I wasn't necessarily being a good steward. Um, with in addition to some of the economic things. So how important you think financial literacy, specifically in the black community, is? It ties into all the other subjects we spoke about. Your it's mental right. awareness of money, your relationships with your family, what was taught to you, what you have as a vice, what didn't you know how this economic system is set up. So financial literacy helps you understand a, not only the value of money, not the paper, but the value of the dollar globally, the value of what depreciate and what appreciates. A mm. house appreciates, a car depreciates. Some people don't think those things are important. So when a lot of people start buying up stuff to feel good, they're really fostering the mental health problem they may have. So now, not only is their mental health in the relationships with people, older guys making sure younger girls are happy, so they're spending their hard-earned retirement money or disability on young girls. Women needing a man to take care of them. So they may make 40, 50,000 a year, but I ain't taking care of no man. No, we didn't say do that. But if he's making 60 and you're making 70, you make more than him. Together you're making 130. Where's the problem? But if you've been given ideas on what a man should do or a man who wants women not to take care of him, what a woman should do, the financial literacy part gets caught in translation. What are you trying to do with money? What's the budget? So if you don't know how to budget your money, what your weekly goals are, rent, food, light, gas, car. We know the gas prices in your cars. So if you don't know how to do that and budget out your every two weeks you get paid or every commission check or whatever, you're not always going to be asking your partner for $20 to the next payday. Or you're going to be every other month threatening eviction. 
So if you don't have the wherewithal to listen and watch what your financial trends are, look at what you've been spending money on and be mm. honest. Financial literacy means be honest. Do you really know what's wrong with your finances? And you heard this a lot, Suave. I got to give my paycheck to my wife because we'll lose everything because I got a gambling problem. Mm. So financial literacy is very important. And maybe, just maybe, if you're not the one who knows how to handle the money, it's better to give it to your wife or the wife give it to your husband. Let them handle it because you got to save your home and your children got to have some examples to follow so they don't be following a generational curse that hits you in the pocket as well. Man, I'm so happy. Listen, we got about two minutes, but I want um, them to, I want you to share with people um, about your um, weekly podcast and mm -hmm. how when it's on and how they can contact you and how they can be able to watch your program on a weekly basis. OK, my podcast. And thank you again, brother, Dr. Brother Swell, for having me. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing. This great platform, allowing people like myself and others to put their business out there for it. every Sunday. Somewhere between five and seven, I go on Facebook. Most of the times it's live. Sometimes I put it in post-production. It's called Wally's Wisdom, W-K-Y-T Podcast. Wally keeps you thinking. You can catch me on Facebook, Wally's Wisdom Podcast. My shows are all there. On SoundCloud, you can go to SoundCloud, type in Wallace Durham. All of my shows, all 295 of them are there. I'm going to eventually go to Spotify. And Apple, my daughter told me you can go think about Spotify. I don't do the YouTube thing. So, you know, it's a lot of competition on YouTube. There are too many battles on there. So right now you can catch me on SoundCloud. Go to Wallace Durham. You'll get all my shows. Facebook, Wally's Wisdom Podcast or Wallace Durham. Then you can also email me at 307, the number 307. They'll go that number again. W-A-L-I. That's for Wally at gmail.com. Anybody that's interested in either coming on my show, getting in contact with me, martial art training, uh, poetry writing, book setup. I know all of these things, motivational speaking, how to speak in public. You can book me. I can come do a training session, a seminar, a breakout session with you. I'm open for you to contact me. Uh, I haven't given my number out to everybody, but most people who know me know my number. You can text me. And if Dr. Suave knows you and you want to call me, with his permission, you can call me. I've given out my number before and had some kooks call me. So I'm reluctant to just do it on the air if I don't know you. But yeah. anybody who wants to reach me again, 307-W-A-L-I, that's, of course, Brother Wally, at gmail.com, Facebook, Wally's Wisdom Podcast, SoundCloud, and soon to be Spotify. My conversations are dealing with health, wealth, knowledge yourself. And everything Dr. Brother Suave and beyond that we talked about, I engage with on my show. Maybe yeah. you can be a guest on my show, you or Mr. Listener, Mrs. Listener. I'd love to have you, and I appreciate everything you guys done in supporting this good brother and what he does. Yes. And so, again, um, guys, I, I wanted to make sure um, I just randomly with some topics so that you guys get a chance to see uh, my mentor, my ride or die, my big brother. And everything so um i know it seemed a little random but we just had to do it because i just wanted to show you how wise he is and so much uh so many different subject matters and uh, he's brilliant so here you know you always welcome to come back but I, I i do have an invitation i would like you and and because i um love you but i have to put you on the spot 
and it's nothing disrespectful. I just want you um, to come join us in MPN TV. Join our team. I mean, oh, you mean my, my show, Wally's Wisdom? Yes. Join us, man. I guarantee we would love to have you as a talent. And so, let's do that. Yes, we can talk about it. Okay. So, again, um, um, listeners, everyone, thank you for showing up. Um, again, I told you it was going to be a mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening experience. Thank you, Brother Wally, for showing up on uh, Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. And just remember, um, great minds reach great places. I love you. I mean it. Bye-bye. Peace. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach, here to tell you that I'm on NPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it. Possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you. Thank you.